0: Oh, good morning, church. I was, uh, I was praying about uh, an introduction this morning and so uh, into the message and then Steve got up and he shared that prophetic word and that was, uh, that was a very powerful word and how God said in that about the power of prayer and how that he is moved by our prayers and that he welcomes us unto his presence and... <clears throat> And I thought, you know, that's what the Lord gave Steve in his prayer closet. I want to not to to highlight Steve or embarrass him, but to share that, what transacted between him and the Lord in his prayer closet, I'm saying that as an encouragement for each one of us, what he wants to do, what he wants to say to us, to his body, and through his body, and through you individually. He talked about praying corporately, and praying individually. That is a testimony, and that is an encouragement for each one of us. And I would also like to ask, if I could say it that way, if that word could be printed out, because it is a prophetic word, and because it is in the scriptures, that by prophetic words that are given to us, we can fight a good warfare. I want good warfare, not bad warfare. Warfare where we prevail, where we push back. And so, in today's message, I entitle it, Fighting for the Souls in Our Community. And as I pondered that, There were several different scriptures that came to my mind. And uh, one, maybe that you're not familiar with, maybe you have if you read through Proverbs. But in Proverbs 24, verse 11, it says this, deliver those who are drawn toward death. In ESV it says rescue those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. That's a pretty powerful verse honestly I was not I would not have expected to see something like that in Proverbs but there it is in Proverbs and that is a pretty telling powerful stirring verse and that speaks of mission we have been given a mission to share another set of verses there are, there are several that I could have Given That was one, but just uh, in Isaiah 60, the opening verse is there. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising." And then I would just share one more um, from Isaiah, Isaiah 61, a very familiar one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So... Looking back over the mission statement for this year and last year, there were just a, some words that had uh, that really c- captured and uh, jumped off as me as uh, as I reread them. So, in uh, in the uh, one from last year. The mission statement was was this, and I'm I'm sharing this with the words that leapt off at me. Our primary objective as a church during 2021 will be encouraging, equipping, and empowering our members toward contending for souls. So the word there, objective. When you go into battle, you have to have an objective. You just don't go into battle. I think I'll go into battle today. You have objectives. The general has a strategy. There is a goal that he has in mind, a victory to be accomplished. In in the one for this year, our vision for 2022 is to advance the kingdom of God. And the word advance and the word vision. So that's all about seeing. What is God seeing and what does he want us to see? You have to have vision, and yeah, you could say, well, it's the same thing with a different word, but vision, and I think objective, are a little bit different. Vision, I believe, can encompass how you get to the objective. What does God see? What is on God's heart? What is a strategy? And that's what I so love about this opening, uh, this prophetic word that's, that Steve shared this morning is because where did that happen? It transpired in the beginning here in the prayer closet. That's where the battle starts. That's where the battle is waged. That's where the battle is won. And our battle is not against flesh and blood. I purposed, as I thought about this, I'm not going to go into the arena of politics. I'm not going to get into that and get bogged down. Our battle, the real foe, the root and where the battle really lies is in the heavenly realm against the spiritual wickedness in high places. That's where the battle is fought. And it's at that place where Christ at the cross, he took our sins and the things we couldn't fulfill in the law and they were nailed on the cross. And he made a public spectacle Of the principalities and powers triumphing over them. And by the way, that's in Colossians chapter 2. And then he says in this verse, You, me, you are complete in him. I am complete in him. Who is the head over every principality and power. What a statement. This morning, part of my objective is to build you up, to edify you, but also that there is an objective, there is, there is victories to be won. And so we, because of Christ at the cross, we are seated in heavenly places with Him complete in him, not lacking anything for the battle, to fight the battle from a position of victory, for victory. The victory isn't up for grabs. The victory is ours. And now we have the privilege. We have the opportunity to push forward, to push back, to advance, to be the carriers, to be the couriers, and to push back and to change the spiritual climate in our community. And then from there. And looking back, going through Acts, one of the things that I marvel at, and I, I kind of chuckle a little bit, is that when the, when the disciples, Peter and John, were arrested, and they're brought before the Sanhedrin, and they were meant to be intimidated, and uh, the, the, the Sanhedrin come to themselves, and what do they know? Hey, these guys aren't educated. They're not smart people. And and yet look at what boldness they have. What boldness we have. Because the King of Kings has chosen us to cooperate and to go forward with him to liberate. Well, wow, that is powerful. I, That is life-changing. Many people aspire to many things. But I can think of no greater thing than to see a person come to salvation, to see a person set free where they've been held captive by the enemy, where they didn't know the truth and had no clue about the truth. One of the things at the prayer rally that was a week ago that, that Tom shared about millennials, this broke my heart. Millennials born from 1984 to 2002, this group is one-third of the adult population. 40% are what George Barna refers to as the don'ts. They don't know if God exists, don't care if God exists, or don't believe that he exists. Seven out of ten claim they are willing to sacrifice their life for something. Three out of four millennials said they are still searching for their purpose in life. And although there seems to be an understanding that they do indeed have a purpose in life, that's a really high percentage who are wondering what that purpose might be. Most millennials reject the existence of absolute moral, moral truth and identify feelings, experiences, and advice from family and friends as their most trusted sources of moral guidance. And the last point here, a majority admit to often feeling anxious, depressed, depressed, fearful. They're in our community. And that's just one group. There's more. They're, they're in all walks and all stages of life. But, but this, this is a generation that needs to be liberated. We have an opportunity. Just as Jesus did when he came, the people that sat in darkness saw a great light. We are light bearers. We're the city on a hill. We're the lamp that's on a stand to bring light to the entire room, to bring light every place our foot treads. And that brings me to this set of verses here. And Joshua 14, starting at verse 6. And this is, this is Caleb. Then the children of Judah came to Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephthah the Kenazite, the Kennezite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you, and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old, and yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave him and gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh as an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenazite To this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel, and the name of Hebron was, formerly was Kirjath Arba, Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim, then the land had rest from war. So as I look, as we look at that, that set of verses, there is something that I want us to For us to see and take hold of. From the time that Caleb was given that promise. When he was younger. When he was one of the 12 spies. And then look how many years passed. Now he's 85. And I like how the Lord kept him. But what he does in there. Is that he reminds the Lord of the promise that was given to him. And he, he reminds him of what was said. And he says, then because of that, give me my inheritance. So in your prayer closet, in your journey with the Lord, what prophetic words has he given to you pertaining to where your sphere of influence, your, our community, where, every, where you tread, your place of work, And he gets it. There was some time that went off the clock. But God kept him. God kept him to be able to fulfill that promise and for him to see that promise. And I like the fact that, I, boy, 85, and he says, my strength is now as it was then. You know, I'm 66. I don't like thinking about 66, but I do like thinking about the fact that my, my youth inside and my inner man is renewed daily okay so that's it's not about the age it's about the mileage and the way that i get the mileage is from using that holy fuel the holy spirit and the scriptures which renew me day by day so in the prayer closet we get filled up for what's required of us that day and what the lord wants to speak to us that day and I like that, how he prays. He remembers the Lord. He doesn't forget. 40 years goes by. So I would suspect in that 40 years, he's, he's reminding, he's thinking, it. He's, he's thinking about it. Because when he's 85 and, and here we're at this point in time, what does he do? Give me the inheritance. You kept me alive. I'm reminding you of your words. Can we talk to God like that? You better believe we can. In the New Testament, the parable of the friend coming at the friend's house at midnight. What does he do? Hey, I need bread. You've got it. I need it. I need it for this hour. I need it for what's going on. I need it for the situation at hand. Did he answer because he was his friend? No. He answered because he was persistent. And for him 45 years later at 85 to sit there and say, God, I hadn't forgotten. I'm reminding you today's the day and God answers. It's granted to him. It's an amazing thing. So not only is there prayer, but there's persistence. Think about this widow in in, in Luke 18.1. I like the way it starts. Luke 18.1, men ought always to pray and not lose heart that energizes my battery because i don't know of anybody here that doesn't at some point in lost time lose heart anybody lose heart anybody get discouraged anybody get dismayed yeah well guess what who is the glory and the lifter of our heads it's jesus and what does he said? Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. So even if you were at the place of being discouraged or dismayed, there is a promise there by the one who is the author and the finisher of your faith and my faith that says, come to me. And I believe in that prayer closet when you're honest, maybe your hands are drooped and you can't go another step, but something happens when you come to the one in your weakness who is your strength. Who is your sufficiency? Who is your all in all and my all in all? And says, come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. And I believe in that time with him, we rise up and we do not lose heart to go forward. And so this elderly woman, this this widow comes before this judge and she doesn't stop. Doesn't matter how much time come, goes off the clock. She keeps coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back. And then finally, the judge says, Man, this gal's going to wear me out. So I'm going to give her what she wants. And then that parable ends up with When I come back, will I find faith on the earth? I'm telling you, we will. He will because He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And if we give Him permission like we sang in this song tomorrow, this morning to search our hearts, to keep our hearts right with Him, that He will lead us in the path, in the way of everlasting life. It doesn't stop that. Search your heart, there's sin. That's not the end of it. It's the idea of, of going forward, of staying on the right path, And why is that? Because he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. All of that in big, bold, huge, gigantic letters every moment of every day. And so, God has strategically placed all of us where we are as a church, and I just, I want to say uh, for me uh, or, those out, uh, or uh, those out there, our places of work, it could, be, it, it could be beyond that, but for the greatest bulk of time where I spend, there's a lot of time that is spent at work. I'm not a mathematician, but I know that there's a lot of time that's spent at work. So when I, when I shared earlier that verse from Colossians 2 where it says you are complete in Him, that means to be filled up to the brim. Up to the top. To be supplied liberally. And so, just wanted to share a couple, uh, another quote here from, from the uh, Pete Grieg, The uh, Red Moon Rising, and this was a quote that was shared at the last prayer prayer rally. Prayer requires persistence because it is also an act of warfare against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Such prayer reverses the fall in which Adam asserted his independence. In it we say, not my will, but yours be done. We fight with God to liberate enemy occupied territory, knowing that while the victory is certain, the length of battle is not. So, at my place of work, I just want to share a couple of things and what, what this warfare looks like. And. Let me begin by saying that at my place of work, it, be, it, ha, it begins with prayer. And I pray, Jesus, be thou my vision this day, be my anointing wisdom and competence to be able to do my work, but then also to be ready, to be ready for what you bring across my path and what transpires in this day with people. And... um so one of the things as I, was, as I was praying about this here and that the Lord told me, he said, you've built many bridges. So I want you to think about bridges. Bridges are not an automatic overnight thing. You just pop up a bridge, there you go. It doesn't work that way. When you build a bridge, you're taking time to connect. I'm taking time to connect with a person. I'm taking time to find out what's important about to them. I I find out about what makes them tick. I find out, I find out, you know, what's going on in their, uh, you know, the right questions to ask. Okay, to dig deeper. And so, along with the, along with the conversation, along with the taking of time to get to know them, and specific acts to help them out with their work and it may be even something as a simple act of kindness it may even be an act of boldness and say hey can I pray for you I can really see you're disturbed that something's really troubling you I've seen it at my work with even people crying tears and then the Lord's saying go over and pray with them And one of the things that the Lord told me, you've built many bridges. And so in the building of these bridges, in the taking of the time, I was the one going across the bridge. I was the one constructing. And I wasn't necessarily looking for the people to come back from the other side. But I was the one building the bridge and going across the bridge. Now, the Lord said, the time has come. The time has come. Where the you've built this bridge and now the people are gonna start walking back to you. That's that's very humbling. That's very powerful. Galatians chapter six, verse nine, it says, Do not be weary in well doing. For in due season you will reap. The reaping is starting. So I say to my fellow Joshua and Calabians to encourage you this morning to covet, covet's not the right word, to embrace your quiet time. Because in that quiet time with the Lord, He gives you what you need, strategy, encouragement, anointing. The right words to say. I tried, I tried to remember all the names of the different people that the Lord brought to my mind that have come to me. And I, I, um, I couldn't remember all of them. I guess I'm getting old. But I want to say this, maybe not all of them, one of them in particular, at the time, the gal didn't like me. She, knew what I, she, she just knew what I was doing, what I was saying, and she said, I don't want anything to do with you, get away from me. And then the Lord, and, and the Lord spoke to me, he said, you know what, that's where she is now, but there will come a day when she will turn and you be ready to pick up the pieces And now she is an on-fire Christian. And now we, st- we have conversations and we talk, but she still brings to my attention, right? remember back then and how, where I was and what you did? That was rescue. That was setting free and open the prison door. It took some time, but it happened. And there's times when she, she will talk and she'll still come to me with prayer and, and uh, I'll share a thought with her and she said, you know what, that was exactly what I was just thinking about. How did you know that? Well, the Lord knew and he knew what, what to say. I had no clue. So what we do, the labor, the rescue mission is not in Vain, And uh, there was a gal, I, I could give you more, but I, I, I'm going to just give you two more examples. Sometimes in the battle, at my place of work, where I tread, I've shared this story, but you know, there's lessons that you learn along the way that stick with you. You remember them because they're lessons God wants you to to. To take a hold of that, that shape you, that change you that, that that impart faith to you, and there was a day at my place of work where where I, I thought the doors were going to close on the company. People were taking early retirement, and they were leaving. there were, There was open confrontation on the floor, and uh, it, it, uh, it was just a downhill slide and in the in the whole process there came a place, there came a day and while it took some time, the Lord said, you speak to the mountains and command them to be removed. And some time went off the clock, just like like Caleb here. Some time went off the clock. And I reminded the Lord of what he told me because this was out of my hands and other people got involved. But the fact of the matter is I reminded the Lord of what he told me. And, and as the person was that was in charge over our company came in, he wanted to give them opportunity to correct their wrong, which I thought was really an amazing thing. I, honestly, I was at the place where I was saying, "Off with their heads now. They've done too much damage. But I'm glad he had patience. But the fact of the matter is God told me, Speak to the mountains, and that day, suddenly, it came and it happened. That was rescue again, because many suffered. And now, with the current leadership that's in place, I will tell you unashamedly that the vice president is a Christian, and that there are are other Christians now that are in the workplace, and we're fighting together, pushing back against the darkness. The VP. himself does prayer walks through our company. That's an amazing thing, and by the way, I get to play chess with him. i I guess the fringe benefit, but I should let him win. <laughs> oh, you're a great VP Tim <laughs> in case he's listening. Oh, oh, okay, so in closing, I just want I want to share something. With you, and uh, you know, in the in the the battle, in uh, excuse me, with uh, with Nehemiah, and when the when it looked like the battle was long, or the you know, remember in Nehemiah chapter four when they're rebuilding the walls. And the enemy was coming from all different sides and trying to to discourage them and dismay them and stop the work and to put in their head the mindset, don't you even think about going ahead with the work of the Lord. And Nehemiah, and this is a great prayer point, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. That is a great place to start in prayer. Remember his attributes Remember his names. Remember who it is that's called you into the fight. Remember the supreme commander and chief of the universe, the king of kings and lord of lords, who sets you free so that you could go and set others free and that you can share with them what the Lord's done on you and pass it on to them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember the prophetic words that He's given you through and for tomorrow, today, in the past. In Psalm 37, in the opening verses there, it says, feed on His faithfulness. And then... Remember who you are in Christ. You know, so David remembered that he was delivered from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. Had no clue when he was going to go up against Goliath, but he did. There came that day and it happened. And what was one of the very first things that came out of his mouth, I think is very telling. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? We are part of the army of the living God who have been called to cooperate, to co-labor with him, to rescue, to deliver, to open the prison doors, to snatch out and bring life and healing. And so I just want to close this sermon out with a a moment to pray. To pray for us. To pray for your sphere of influence. To pray and move God in our behalf for your sphere of influence for our community because we are privileged and called by Him. And so I, if you feel so led, I, I will pray and then I just want to open it up for a few of you to pray and then that's how we'll, we'll end here. Because we heard a prophetic word this morning and God said He's moved by our prayers and I believe we should make a response to that prophetic word. Father, we just bow our hearts before you and thank you that you have called us onto the battlefield with you to advance the kingdom, to liberate those who have been taken captive, to give sight and hope and purpose to those Father, I pray this day, give us, in our prayer times, give us time to not only pray, but also to hear your voice in terms of what's on your heart for the day. The words that you want to speak to go into the battle, to rescue, to deliver. Father, I pray For here, for us as a church, and I pray for us individually. We want our mountains. You promised us mountains. And just like was said to Joshua every place on which your foot shall tread, I have given unto you. And you have told me that where I work is my mission field. And so, Father, I am asking for the souls in that workplace there that none of them perish without having the opportunity to hear the good news and to encounter you. And so I am praying for us, for divine appointments. I am praying for favor. I am praying in the name of Jesus for the weapons of our warfare to be activated and that we pull down the strongholds that have held people captive over their places of work. And Father, I pray that you give us the words that will unlock In the hearts and minds, the people that we speak to, and that light will shine in their hearts, and darkness be removed from their minds, and the scales fall from their eyes, and that they would encounter you, and that when they encounter us, they they would in their hearts know, wow, something's going on here. What's going on? It's you, Jesus. It's all about you. Be the center of it all. Guide and direct our steps, establish our thoughts. And lead us forward in the battle. In Jesus' name. Father, I just want to close by declaring this promise over us as a body. The wicked flee when no man pursue, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Father, let the lions roar your truth. And let us liberate as you liberated us, so guide us to your glory. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this community through us on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.